Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Porto Podcast in English. I'm your host, Rui dos Santos, and we've got a great episode for you all. We're going to be covering the past game against Portimonense before the international break. And obviously, like we always do when it comes to the qualifiers in Europe, in international or European competitions, we will cover the Silla Sound as well, where they defeated Slovakia and have qualified for the 2024 Euros and here to talk about all these things with Jason Rigu, as always. How you doing, man? Yeah, man, we're doing great. We had a nice victory for Portugal. It's uh, probably going to be one of the first times Portugal doesn't want to give me a heart attack in the qualifiers, and uh, we made it comfortable this time around. And kudos to the team and kudos to Roberto Martinez because uh, we needed this breath of fresh air in the squad. Yeah, I, I don't know what the hell it is, but it's like all season long, Porto's been giving us a heart attack in, in these games uh, with failure to finish, constant mistakes, or just shit luck. And I feel like this was the story for Portugal uh, in this game. Like, obviously not as poor or inconsistent in terms of quality of football. <laughs> it was just bad finishing. And then the goal, especially the first goal from Slovakia, was just bizarre uh, as hell. I, I don't know what it, 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 all this is, man. It's just like us Porto fans are just like can't catch a break. Like, I think like Sporting and Benfica fans are finally getting a taste of what it's like to watch Porto every single <laughs> week and having that that holy shit moment at, at the end of every single game. It's uh, dude, we can't catch a break. I think it's in our blood, man. Oh. We just we love we love to get aggravated. We love to suffer. It's just you know. Oh man, it's that culture, man. It's our culture. It's our culture. Yeah, Fadu. Yeah, that's it, man. I, I just <laughs> we, suffrage. I mean, where do we even begin? <laughs> uh, I actually, uh, we had like a question. I I went over the Twitter question before we jump into all this stuff, uh, the football stuff. Uh, I think it was from our friends Matt. Did you end up checking out the the Rugby World Cup? I did you hear anything did about not, it? I didn't watch it, but I did see Portugal and the emotional moment. I, that was that was beautiful. I can't really speak about. I mean, it's the first time I'm qualifying, right? Yep. I don't know much else, but it's it's crazy. Yeah, I think this was the second World Cup that they qualified for. But they didn't. They it's never won. They never won a game. So okay. this one, I guess, I don't know if it's. I don't, I don't know how it works. I think I've watched a rugby World Cup once, and I think it was in two thousand and three. I was like ten years old or whatever it was, eleven years old, um, and I haven't watched it since. And seeing Portugal in it, and they won their first game. I don't know if it's the group stage or whatever it is. They didn't qualify for the next round, but they went home with a smile, beating Fiji twenty four to twenty three. I think it was. And I think they got their last points late on. So that's that's amazing. And seeing seeing how passionate rugby players are too when they're singing their national anthem, it like it just like almost every country. Um, and seeing the Portuguese team win and being super emotional and all that stuff, I thought it was pretty uh pretty cool. So Matt's brought that up and he asks, any thoughts about Portugal getting their first win in the rugby world cup with the victory against Fiji? I mean, I think it's amazing. I think it's a great story. I think from what I've read and understood, Portugal, I don't know, they, they've come a long way and they've gotten better and better over the years and they, they became competitive. And I, as, as this whole tournament was going on, I, I don't know which player it was, or if there was a couple of players who were talking about wanting to finish the, the tournament with pride and, and trying to win their first game and everything, you know, it was, uh, it was really nice to see being an under dog yeah. and, 
and having it beat Portugal, it's awesome. It's something to be very proud of. And they clutched it. They were they won 24-23. Huh? Yeah. Real cool. So thanks for that input, Matt. Matt always has these cool questions, whether it's like football related, not football related. Sometimes he just has these questions that are just like away from like the Porto misery, like of tactics and strategy and, you know, all the cons that have been going on this season. So it's great to to hear a question like that. But love it. All right. Let's get into the football part of this. I know this was like last weekend, so it seems like it was a, a long time ago. I can barely even remember what went on in this game, but we'll touch up on this quickly, and then we'll jump into the national team, and then obviously the questions. So first things first, Porto 1, Porto Munins 0, Porto win at home. The decisive goal came from Eva Nielsen in the ninth minute, and a red card in the 83rd minute from David Carmo. Jason, what do you think of this game? I think it's just, it's been the same old song. Yeah. Uh, I think we've been preaching about the same things. There's a lot of good things going on. The ball movement's good. The defending has been pretty solid. Can't complain about the goalkeeper, but honestly, man, our finishing and our ability to close out a game is just going to give me a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this game, this game could have easily been like a 3-1 game, but we just didn't want to finish. And it's it's multiple guys. It's not just one guy, but... <sighs> Pepe just keeps missing goals, man. Guy doesn't want to score goals. He likes to just—he just wants to be a playmaker. He just wants to dance around, make things happen, but never wants to score. Yeah, uh, and it, it seemed like even the goal that we scored was kind of like a—it was like a shitty finish because it was a deflection. Yeah, it was a. Yep. I, I think we suffered a similar a similar goal. I think it was in the last league game or two two league games ago. Uh, where it was just frustrating just letting up a goal like that. And, you know, luckily we we were on the positive end on this one. Uh, we, we have to finish the ball much better. And I feel, I, you know, I'm with you on it. There were some positives in this game. I thought there was uh, improvement in the way that we were playing and, and creating these opportunities. I feel like in the game against Barcelona and probably a couple of games in the league prior to all this, was just getting on the back end of like these crosses or just getting these... Uh, goal scoring opportunities and not just like forcing it every single time. I thought we were getting some good looks. I think we got ourselves in pretty good uh, in, in pretty good uh, positioning. And I think the 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 connection at the end of crosses and passes and through balls inside of the box and getting open looks were there. We were just missing. We were just missing the freaking net. We just couldn't put the ball away. And I don't even know what the hell it is with Pepe. He's a wonderful player. I love what he brings to this club, but it's just whenever he's in the final third and he has the opportunity to, 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 you know, potentially have an assist or potentially score a goal. It's, he just turns into ah, like, it's like a meltdown. This guy gets, he just, he just freaks out. And when it, when it comes to goal scoring opportunities, he just melts down and I don't understand it. I agree. So, I don't know. I mean, it's it, it's hard to really. I don't know. It, it's hard to say what what to do at this point because there's only so much the manager can do. The players should know better. Ugh, like, we just want a break. It's already two months into the season, and we're and we're still having these sort of issues. It's no good. But the positive side of this, we kept a clean sheet, and I think. You know, for the most part, we didn't have any holy shit moments or scary moments in the back. Zep Pedro was a rock back there. David Garmu too until his red card. Uh, what'd you think of the defense in this game, at least? 
I, I was happy. Yeah. I mean, Zepedru, I like what I see so far. I can't, I don't think I have enough yet to form an opinion on him, but uh, just, I like uh, him coming in and he just does his job. <sighs> to me, the Carmel red card was, I think it was brutal for this game. I don't, I don't think it was warranted. Yeah. I just feel like the ref was out to get him. I don't think there was enough in that, that second foul. Uh, I mean, I've been happy with Joe Mario and Wendell. Yep. Playing both sides of the ball. Wendell just, just looking like he's getting better. So let's keep it up. Yeah. I mean, but, uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Like, I, I don't know. I think uh, our organization, I think, is perfect. Even with the, the current center back situation, I think we're still defending well. And I think we defend as a team. I think that's what uh, I think that's what Sergio was going with today. I mean, not today. Last game <laughs> yeah. was stability. Yep. It was essentially having the Varela in front of the back line. And then you have Nico Gonzalez, who's kind of strong. He wins a lot of tackles. And you have Romario, who has a high work rate, too. So I think he was just basically just giving that insurance policy in front of the defense while you have three attackers in front of him. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think um, defense is really solid, and like you said, the whole uh, the whole worry, the worrying of the left back situation on what to do and whatever. I think we've really, I think we've really gone past it for now. I think we're okay so far with with Wendell and that center back position. I think is starting to that worrying of not having enough center backs or good center backs. I think we're, <laughs> I don't have whatever you want to call it, man. I mean, at this point it's, it's crazy to see how well Zep Idru, um has played, you know, his first game was against Benfica and then he's played a couple of games after and he's been pretty solid And Porto right now defensively aren't really making those errors. And in, in this game, I was really, really happy with the way uh, the, the defense was in the midfield. Always, as always, Varela is an absolute animal. Uh, it's crazy how how great he's been and how well he's adjusted to the league and the team as well because there's so many issues on this team in terms of uh, playing as a unit and getting that chemistry going. But the the defense, uh, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty surprised. And I, I I mean I guess at the end of the day when it comes to January, if Pep comes back healthy and then we have Carmu and and uh, and Cardoso, we might not need to get another center back. So. Uh, we have three other youthful center backs that can do the job if Pep's not around. So, I mean, and and at this point, where are you going to find another center back to that is of quality in January? So, I guess that's some of the positives in this game. Uh, just just not finishing, right? I mean, I, uh, everything else in terms of creation, defending, the goalkeeping. Uh, I think the 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 approach, the the formation, the lineup, everything was great. It's just the finishing in this game. Anything else that, that came to your mind that really hurt us or that we really need to work on? No, I think that's got to be the focus. I think we just, yeah. I don't know. I think just throw everything else out and just finish all week long because it's been an issue with us and it's reoccurring. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's one of the, it's the most high-skilled thing in the game because you win by scoring the most goals, but... <sighs> We just can't quite find the net. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter how good your defense is. At the end of the day, you need to score goals. And that's why all the goal scorers make all the money. So we got to see more of it. On the bright side, hopefully this carries uh, forward after the international break. Taremi scored two goals today against Jordan, I believe. And Iran went on to win. Hey, I, I know that doesn't say everything, but 
maybe it's a confidence booster and he'll bring it with us. So we'll bring it back to Porto. So we'll see. Anyway, let's move on to the international break. Portugal, as I mentioned, defeated Slovakia 3-2. to two. Goals from Gonzalo Ramos and a, a double from uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, one from the penalty spot and another uh, open play goal for him. Uh, before we even just get on into this game, uh, Ronaldo capped his 200th match with Portugal, scored his 125th uh, goal with the national team, and scored his 700th non-penalty goal in his career in this game. And with this win, he will play in his sixth Euros, a record. Man, just... I, I know we were talking about it off the air. What, what do you think of uh, Ronaldo and some of the haters now? Do you think he's he's starting to catch his form or... I don't know. I think he's, I think he's just happy enjoying the game. I think he's, he's been fine. People are going to continue to hate. Um, I did like the... I think it was a double striker setup with Gonzalo Ramos. I think they paired well. I think it's better than just having that sole striker in the middle. I think it, it suits Ronaldo better, right? It's not the guy that's going to run behind people anymore. So why not have him check a little bit more? Then Gonzalo Ramos could make those runs behind. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that, the pairing. Yeah. I think they can definitely work going forward. Yeah, it's another option for, for Roberto Martinez. I know that he's... He's gotten a little bit of criticism and some complaints from all the Portuguese national team supporters. You know, we're a little too defensive. Oh, we're not like finishing. And yeah, we're scoring against the smaller teams and blah, 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 blah. But he's, I, I, I really like the approach in this game. I feel Portugal really unlucky because they could have easily scored seven or eight goals in this game. Everyone, if you look at the stats on Sofa Score or, or Pop Mob or whatever that, that thing is uh, called, Nearly every single attacker had a big missed opportunity. You know, uh, there were so many opportunities from all of our attackers getting involved. And I feel like this was a game where the press was on point. And I think it forced Slovakia to to make a lot of mistakes and play the ball long. And Portugal was constantly winning the the duels um, and, and, winning, uh, and winning a lot of uh, recoveries in the middle of the pitch. You know, we were just dominating this entire game, and it was just unfortunate that we weren't scoring. Um, what do you, what what do you make of Martinez's approaches in all these games? You like what he's trying? Because we've seen so many different, uh, obviously different players going into games, but all these formations we've seen a five three two, four two three one, four four three, four three three, three six one, three five two, everything. And throughout the entire uh, qualifi- uh, qualifiers, what do you make of it? I like it. I think he's trying to come in here. I think he's trying to give these players a lot of opportunities to take chances, see them in different formations, tactics. And I think he's just trying everything he can to to get familiar with the squad. And he really wants to give everyone an opportunity. And he's given himself an opportunity to actually develop something here. I think it shows how versatile the team is. They can thrive in multiple situations. And I think... What he's trying to gauge is what's going to be this most successful, what's going to be the most successful system to allow these players to thrive. I think yeah. that's what he's looking for. Yeah, I think so. Based on the personnel he has, he's not trying to shove cubes into a triangle slot. So I think he just doesn't want these players to be like fish out of water and playing in a system they don't they maybe they don't understand or they just they just don't do well and then maybe there's weaknesses in it. Yeah, and I think. He's, he's doing his best to assess that at the moment and 
basically he's, he's figuring out his top 11. Yeah. He's got a few spots locked in, but I don't think all of them. Yeah, it's uh, it's really, I mean, it's impressive. Uh, and I admire what I'm seeing because a lot of coaches, even some of the best coaches in the world, they don't go going they don't go from three uh three in the back to five in the back to four in the back all in a matter of like a qualifying competition like sure maybe portugal can get away with it because they have an easier group and whatever and you can try different things but usually coaches just stick to their plan maybe they'll do little minor tweaks and whatever but he's going like all over the place just trying different things do you think that's him just i don't know trying to find a different approach because he likes a certain style of football or, or is he aware that Portugal has a lot of quality on the team and it's super diverse and flexible and versatile? I think it's a mix of both. And you do have to remember international football is much different than like coaching Porto or anything where yeah. you have a season, you have training sessions and you're with these guys for months. Like th- this is tournament style. It's, you got to be able to adapt on the fly. And I think that's yeah. what he's testing at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And you made a, a pretty interesting point too with, with Ronaldo and Gonzalo Ramos playing together. I really liked how they, they linked up and felt a part of the attack. Um, when you look at the formation, how they lined up, I really like this formation going forward. Um, and hopefully, I don't know, maybe it's just one it's just one game, but I love the idea of João Palhinha being that sole screener in front of the, the defense. When you have three lethal attackers in front of you, uh, Bernardo, uh, Bernardo Silva, uh, Bruno Fernandes, Rafael Leão, and then you have your two strikers up top. I think when we saw this attacking presence throughout this game, it's you're kind of letting these players, especially the midfielders, to just play. And you don't have to have them worry about dropping back uh, so far and slowing the game down. I feel like João Palhinha is doing such a hard, uh, you know, a hard workload that he's just making the job easier for the midfielders to just play and create and make the passes. Because when you look at the the, the front five, it's it's incredible talent. <clears throat> what do you think? I agree, and I think we should draw a parallel here. Yeah. In matches, we saw Ronaldo by himself as a striker. Wasn't very effective. Yeah, Put someone next to him, much closer. They close the gap, and they work together. A lot more effective. It's something we should see with Taremi. Yeah. Taremi, we just make him too, do too much work in the middle by himself. Man. That's, that's an interesting point. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. Needs, to, needs someone closer to him, someone that's going to get behind the play, and Taremi can check in a little bit more. Just saying. Yeah. All right. Before we jump into the Twitter questions, I got one last thing before we move on. Ronaldo, back to Ronaldo. Do you think he's been? Do you think he's been back? Yeah. (laughs) All right. There we go. (laughs) So I'm gonna ask the question anyway because maybe we'll get a different answer. If not, stick with the same answer. That's all good. Um, Ronaldo, do you think? Do you think he's in a better place now as the reason why we're starting to see him kind of not being his old self because obviously he's not his old self because he's 38, 39 years old, but more confident, more involved? Is it because he's in a he, he cleared his headspace or is it Roberto Martinez just trying different things and, pl- and trying to go with a more positive approach in these games compared to Fernando Sanchez? I think it's a mix of the both. Clearly, the situation at Manu wasn't 
great. And uh, Ten Hag is clearly a demon. And uh, we'll leave it at that. Um, that didn't help Ronaldo's headspace and the whole situation. We know we know the drama behind that. And then I think just playing in that stagnant, that stagnant football with Fernando Santos wasn't. It's just not the best environment with the modern game and the the players you have on the field. I think we were just like we, we've said this in the past. We, the the players had handcuffs. They were playing with handcuffs behind their back. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's just a mix of the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you feel? I mean, I, yeah, I pretty much, I, I think, I think in that situation, I'm pretty much on board with you in that situation that Ronaldo was in, especially in the summer too, you know, the, the whole thing with the kids and then the, the board was yeah. giving him crap about it or didn't believe him. I forgot the whole story, but he was not in a good place and just all season long, not getting reps, uh, bashing with the, with, with the manager going back and forth, being disrespected at times. And then him being frustrated and, and whatever, it just, it clogs up everything in your head and you can never find your rhythm, you know? Uh, and it doesn't matter how great you are. You are human. Uh, when you have all that stuff going on and you've had a rough six months and then you have, you're playing on a team where you're not operating properly or deploying the right, uh, the right starting 11, the formation, your, your tactics and your approach and all that stuff, it's makes it different. It makes it difficult on a player. Uh, and I'm sure he was super frustrated, uh, with everything going on. So, you know, I, I'm happy to see that he's getting involved in scoring goals and he seems to be happier. And I think going to Saudi Arabia just kind of cleared his head and he gained some confidence. Obviously he's playing in a weaker league compared to the EPL and, and the top leagues in Europe, but you know, he's getting that confidence back and he's happy. And I think that's the most important thing is just having less stress, nothing to, to bother you or disrupt your, your mental state. You know, that's always good for a footballer. So I guess, you know, I, I'm, I'm on board. I think it's a, a little bit of both. I think getting out of Europe, going to a different destination and getting time to, to get back on track uh, did everything. So and having a new coach too with different ideas and also a coach, a Spanish coach slash player that is willing to try and speak Portuguese properly is awesome. So, so, and it's, yeah. So, I mean, we had Casillas at our club and he never spoke Portuguese and Tony Martinez. I don't know if he, he throws a few words in there, uh, but you know, they don't really want to speak Portuguese because they just, they can just speak Spanish and we understand them. So um, anyway, that does it for that game. Let's move it on to the Twitter questions. The first one comes from Paul Andres at Andres1973. My biggest concern has been the lackluster offense so far this season. We trail our, rival, our rivals in almost every offensive category. Ninth in goals scored, fourth in total shots, five, fifth in chances uh, generated. What do you think is going wrong with our offense? We have so much depth up front. Yeah. It's it, it was like watching the national team with Fernando Santos. We have so much depth, so much quality, and we're just struggling to score. Uh, maybe not the same exact reasons, but same frustrations. What do you say? Uh, to me, it appears that we don't have a game plan outside of the box. Yeah, I think the moment we get in that zone, it's, it's almost like they've been told to, to make magic happen and have individual efforts. Yep. Yeah, and a lot of it's just, I mean, in, in this past game, I thought we were much better in terms 
of executing and creating some good opportunities, but just not the finishing this time. Uh, It's like we can never catch a break. We can't have a game where we have both. It's like one game we, we create opportunities, we have good looks, we just don't finish. Other games is we just can't create anything, can't get any looks, and we have to force a goal in somehow. So crazy. Uh, I, I don't to to sum it all up. Could be the game plan, and could be just the players just not linking well together yet, and it might take some time, but it does need to change for sure. Manuel Pinto at Eruido Terra. It's not very clear to me, given the amount of strikers we have, that we miss so many opportunities. I see plenty of people blaming Teremi, but he's not playing as a pure striker anymore. He's rotating a lot, and plenty of times he's not even on the box when we have a chance. What do you think should change to see him go back to his scoring face again? You re- you hit, hit the nail on the head earlier on this. Um, what do you say? Yeah, he needs a companion close by. Yeah. Right now, it's, he's just in an island by himself in the middle. Yeah. And a lot of the times, and Manuel's absolutely right, when, when we're whipping in crosses or we're looking for someone inside the box, he's not there because he's dropping back or he's going out wide. And, you know, that's that's how he is. He's capable of doing that. But at the end of the day, he's also our best finisher, our our best uh, anticipator and positioner in the box. We need him there, but he's doing so much all at once. And I think we have to shift the focus more, the more creative, um, the creation to other players. We can't have him drift too far wide and too far deep anymore. We have to leave that to other players so we can get Teremi the good looks that he needs. And that's what the team needs because when he's on, when he's able to to get these looks, he is lethal. So that's what we need to see more. Craig at Craig twelve Portista, many chances to score, but no one seems to be able to finish them. Someone who is doing really well is Wendell uh, with five games, four goals. You think it's worth giving him a try, maybe for the Tasa games. And he's talking about Porto B Wendell, not left back Wendell. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen much of him, but I, the most that I've seen is the Twitter timeline where everyone is talking about uh, how well he's been playing. He's 23 years old. The thing is, he's another striker. And I don't think, in my opinion, we need another striker. I don't think it's the quality. I think at the end of the day, it's just getting behind it and putting the ball away or just executing um, the game plan up top, getting some good looks and putting them away. It's, I don't think having another player there is really going to make a difference, especially a kid from Porto V. What do you say? Yeah, I don't, I don't know much about him. I haven't, I don't have much coverage on the B team aside from what shows up on Twitter. And uh, can't really assess the quality of those goals, and we obviously know it's a lesser league. I just I really think we need we need to uh, just adjust our tactics and uh, slight adjustments in the formation when we attack. That's all it is. Yeah. We have plenty of guys up there. I I really want to see friend Navaru play more. I like Namasu. Uh, even Nelson's good when he's healthy. It's just I don't know. I I think these guys are just too spread out and. Like I said, we need more of a sense of direction or in that box and in and around. Yeah, 100%. Next question. Jack Hacken, Feyenoord enthusiast 
at Companator with Romario Barro now starting games again and looking really good on the right side with Joao Mario. How do you assess his performance and development this season? Do you think he can solidify his place in the team or will he end up at Casabia again? Hmm. I mean, I think he's I think he's impressed this year. And I'm I'm surprised as hell to see to, to have seen him start again um after the the Barcelona game, the the incident. Usually I I don't know what the hell Sergio what 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 senses he came to to make this decision to just throw them back out there, which I'm totally fine with. I'm I'm not saying we should punish him. It's just that would be the most typical Sergio thing to do is just punish someone after a bad mistake. You know, we saw that with David Carmo last year. Um, and to this day, some of us don't even know what David Carmo did to not play again. Um, but I I liked it. I, I You know, one of the things, even after the, the mistake that he made against Barcelona, Sergio still kept him on. And what I really liked was Romario Baro just went for it after in the second half. He just... He, sh- he shook it off, even though it hurt to make that mistake, and he knew it, it hurt the team. He was still playing his game, and that was a very impressive thing to see. That is a trait that not a lot of young players have. So I want to see him more. Do I want to see him start every game? Should he start every game? Maybe not, but I definitely want to see him get involved in the starting 11 or coming off the bench. Um, I want to see him play more this year. I think he's deserved that. What do you say? Yeah, I think he's earned his position. And I think he has made himself useful to the team and made our, um, I guess he's added depth, but not just added depth. He, he, he can be a critical player in the success of Porto. And I think we're just going to see more of him each and every game. I don't, I don't think he's going anywhere. He's not going back to Casapia. <laughs> no. He's going to be, no, he's, he's not going anywhere. Sergio's keeping him. I think he's a Sergio style guy. And he's finally playing with confidence. Mm-hmm. Unfortunate for the mistake, but I, I think Sergio finally believes in him. And I think Romario believes in himself at the moment also. So I think the sky's the limit for the kid. Yeah. I'm, I like I like that Sergio didn't punish him because I think that would have just crushed him as a player, crushed his confidence, and probably, I don't know, stuck with him for a lot longer than it should have. I think, I think playing him again... Definitely gave a lot of confidence in uh, in Romario Baro, knowing that the manager still wants him. So and he and he did rather well in this game. So it was good to see that. Next question comes from Mats at Mats Attack Nine. As of the time of the October international break, what's Porto's best lineup? What's on your bucket list for things uh, you do when uh, when you next watch Porto? All right. Um, I mean, starting eleven. If everyone's healthy, uh, you know, obviously Diogo Costa net, Joao Mario at right back. I'd go with Carmo and Pep uh, and Pep as the center backs with Wendell on the left. I want to continue to see Eustachio and Varela as our double pivot in the midfield. The wingers would be Pepe and Galeno with Teremi and. Teremi and Ivan Nielsen up top, and then the third midfielder is a toss-up. Could be, if it's a more attacking-minded, like a, a number 10, I would like to see Ivan Jaime. Uh, Romario Barros an option. I mean, 
we have so many so many people to to and, and even our wingers can come in and play that position like like Pepe as well and you can always throw Chico or, or Gonzalo Borges on the wing if Pepe comes to the middle there's so many options um but I don't know it, it, it's hard I I think uh, I think those 10 players and then another one I I don't know either Romario Barro or or Ivan Jaime. I think I'd want to see Ivan Jaime playing that number 10 position. What about you? Yeah, I agree with everything except for even Nelson. I would swap him for Fran Navarro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Personally. yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's uh, Fran Navarro is, he's, he was a beast the last two years in Portugal, playing for Gil Vicente, being the best player and keeping them above the uh, the relegation zone and whatnot. And it's, it's unfortunate that, that, you know, to to a degree, it's unfortunate that Teremi stayed because you're hurting the progression of Fran Navarro and his confidence too. Because this is a guy that finished in the top three, top four in scoring the last two seasons in the league, and he's just on the bench expecting. You know, he had these expectations to play this year. So, I mean, with Ivan Nielsen or Navarro, I'm good with either or. So it's it's a tough question to answer because, like we've been saying all year long, there's so many good players up top, and our our guess is just as good as Sergio's because he's constantly switching things up up there, and you know it, it's it's hard to dictate. Migu Papa Tango at Migu Papa Tango. Is it fair to say that Porto has the weakest academy out of the big three? I think the other uh, the other two we shall not name has always been ahead, but our scouting was second to none. But that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. What do you think about that? No, I think it just varies year to year. I think we've had plenty of products come out of the Porto Academy who are studs. Um, I mean, if you were talking in the early 2000s, yeah, it was Sporting was number one. Yep. No one could even touch them. But these days, it almost appears that Sporting and Benfica, I mean, uh, Porto and Benfica are the best academies in Portugal. Doesn't mean Sporting is terrible. I just think it's falling off a little bit. Yeah. In comparison to Porto Mefica, I think the products from the school have been a little bit better. But, um, yeah, I think we're very, I think this year is where we're the best academy. Yeah, I, I think as of lately, the last, you know, seven, eight years, we've really developed a good youth team and, a, and producing a lot of young talent. Um, I know, you know, even back, you know, the 90s and 2000s, Porto always developed very good defenders. You know, uh, I think George Costa, Ricardo Carvalho, uh, and there was a couple of, oh, for, uh, Fernando Couto. But outside of that, they didn't really produce too many uh, great players as we see today. Sporting was the cream of the crop back in the day. Uh, but now it's, I think, not to say that Sporting is bad, I think they just fallen off a little bit. But I think yeah. it's still very good. And I think the good yep. news is, especially for all the national team fans, is that Benfica and Porto are, are finally doing it at a much better rate than they were years ago. So I think it's a good problem for all the national team fans to have. So it's not a knock on Sporting. I think it's I think it's kind of like an about time moment for Porto and Benfica youth academies to, to develop all these these young players. And uh, yeah, I don't know if people remember we did just win the UEFA Youth League yeah. in 2000. Was it 2018 19? Yeah, was it? yeah, I think or... so. I think it was right, yeah, before it was the... 2019 final. 2019, yeah, it final. was the the pandemic right before the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, and then I think Benfica won it shortly after, and I yep. think they made a final appearance before too. So this is this is good. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna hate on them. I want I at, at the end of the day, I've always had I've always said this. Like, I don't trash Benfica players or Sporting players when they go to like bigger teams outside, you know, outside of Portugal or whatever it is. They go to another move. I want them to do well over there. I want them to to grow and maximize their potential because I want them to bring it to the national team and and I don't care who it is. It doesn't have to be a Porto player for me. I want the best players on the national team to bring us a trophy, the World Cup, another Euro, or whatever. That's that's my agenda. Yeah, I'll I'll shit talk and you know you know I'll go back and forth with some of the players. I'll troll some players uh, that are Portuguese on our rival teams. But when it comes to the national team and progression of all these youth products, I want to see them do well. You know, I, I want that to happen because I want a strong national team. I want to see Portugal win a World Cup and win a Euro, at, uh, win another Euro at some point. So, yeah. The Romario Baro is actually on that team. Yeah. Yeah. Diogo Leite, uh, Diogo Costa, Fabio, yeah, Fabio Silva, João Mario. Yeah. That's why people, I know people don't keep up with the coverage, isn't as vast, but yeah. Our, our academy has stepped up drastically in the last 10 years. Yeah. If not a little before that, but the early two thousands, like we said, was dominated by Sporting and Porto Benfica, right up there with them now. It just varies year to year. Who's the big name? Who's the big sale from the academy? That's all it yeah, is. One hundred percent. Great question, Carlos at Carlos underscore a one three eight one. Portugal win the next Euro and World Cup. How did they do it? <laughs> uh, I say we beat France again in Euro 2024. <laughs> uh, and I think Ronaldo I think Ronaldo scores in that game. I think he actually plays in this final. And he scores. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you you predict the the World Cup. How do we win the World Cup, Jason? In 2026 in America, like the Simpsons predicted. Portugal winning the World Cup in 2026 and it was in America. Oh, we beat Argentina in the final. It's rigged. What are you gonna do? We're gonna put. That's, that's wait, <laughs> wait a minute. We we win and it's rigged. Yep. Is it is it rigged because the Simpsons called it, or it's rigged because it, the, the the FIFA gods or the whatever the football now gods? The Saudis inf- infiltrated FIFA and they told them they would take over if Ronaldo doesn't win. So. This is like a, it's a power battle. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Saudi gives back some power to the UEFA and FIFA. Uh, whatever. I'll, I'll take it. As long as they can't prove it, I'll take it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. I'm getting lost over here. It's the next question. Oh, Brian Pereira at B Pereira underscore 1022. Is Veron the next Eva Nielsen? Huge talent made of glass. <laughs> Do you think Roberto Martinez is the guy to take us to the promised land of the World Cup? Who takes over the famous number seven for Portugal? So a lot of questions here. So yeah, a lot of good questions. Uh, it, is Verón the next even Nilsson? I don't know. Maybe. I hope not. Yeah. Uh, let's just say, let's just say this is just a normal injury that, even all the greats have once or maybe twice in their career. I mean, I think he forced it because it was the first game back and then he just re-injured it. Now he's going to be out for like another four months or whatever it is. But I think it's a little too soon. 
And let's not be too harsh on even Nielsen. Let's let's see how this season goes before we say he's made a glass. Let's let's wait. Uh, I don't know. Let's wait. Get Varon looks like he f- he faces a lot of injuries. Man. Yeah. Yeah, he's injury plagued for sure, and they're like month long injuries too. Oh, he got a he had a couple of injuries last year too, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Actually, yeah, he might like, be. He, he is even Nielsen's cousin, maybe. Shit, man. No, maybe even yeah, Nielsen is the cousin. next Veron. What the hell? Jesus <laughs> Christ. It's terrible. All right. So, next question. Do you think Roberto Martinez is the guy to, to take us to the promised land of the World Cup? I think he has the potential. Mm-hmm. He, we'll, we'll see. He's got a good enough team. I think he's a smart enough coach. He hasn't, he hasn't made it this far by accident. And I think this team suits him well as he suits the team well. I think it's a they got a good thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. We got a lot of players, a lot of good quality. Uh Ronaldo says he wants to play until twenty twenty seven. And I'm assuming he one way or another, he's gonna be a part of that squad. So who's gonna take over the number seven for Portugal? I don't think it's gonna happen in, in the next World <laughs> Cup. So he's gonna He's going to retire from the international team when he retires from club football as well. I think he's always going to be a part of the the, the national team. So I do think Martinez does have the, you know, I think he has what it takes. I'm pretty happy with what we've seen, but, you know, it's it's never easy to win these competitions. So let's see what happens. I like Roberto Martinez so far, and we have a very good team. And let's see what we can actually do when you let these guys play. And I think that's the number one key thing about Roberto Martinez. He's finding different ways to let these guys play. And he's finding some sort of system where he can let them play and do their thing. Because that's what this team has. Quality attackers that that can score and create at any time. It's crazy how good this team is. So... Again, give it some time because it's it it takes time to find the right recipe to success. So I think he has what it takes. I'm hopeful. And I do think we can win the year in 2024 for sure. Luciano Feltrin at El Feltrin 98. Portugal handshake with Porto for missing easy chances. Not a question, but it's just a <laughs> statement and it couldn't be any more true. Uh, yeah, it was like watching Porto, except we were playing a lot, a lot more beautiful, I guess. <laughs> what do you say? I say the handshake is exactly what happened. Yeah, seriously. It took, uh, you know, I don't know, Portugal's quality with Porto's finishing and execution. Uh, Porto's, yeah, finishing and execution. I don't know, but it looked hella familiar and it felt exactly it and that's not a good feeling to have last question comes from João Barros at J Barros 1893 you guys think we can win Euro 2024 at least we're strong candidates for it yeah what do you say yeah I think it's gonna be a tough path I mean France just look at that squad it's always crazy they if they find some sort of chemistry or their best 11 it's always gonna be tough to beat England always has strong name names on paper, but I I wouldn't be scared of any opposition. 
the only ones we we tend to struggle with are definitely the Germans, but uh, they they don't look too scary at this very moment. So no. we'll we'll see. I'm excited for it. I think we we can we have the team to make a nice run and go for it. There's no question about it. Yeah. It's one of the better teams we've ever had. Yeah, I saw the same thing about Germany in 2021, and they waxed us. But I do yep. blame Fernando Santos for that because I think if we had a different manager that, let's say, had balls and just went for it and let us play, I think it would have been a different outcome. So, yep. um, But, yeah, Germany doesn't really scare me anymore, even though we lose almost all the time against them. Uh, I think if we do encounter them, we will, we will beat them because I think we're just that much better and we have a, a better coach that understands. Uh, I think we definitely have the capabilities of winning. I think outside of France, maybe England, I think we're the best team, you know, and that's, yeah. that's an argument, you know, that's not, it's, it, it, it's not for sure that both those teams are better than us. I think we're on par with them. I think we're just as good or maybe even better than both of them. Um, yep. But at the end of the day, that's not what dictates the trophies. That doesn't dictate the, the, the winner. Uh, we have to play good football and we can't make mistakes. So, um, hey man, it's not always the best team that wins. Yeah. That's why we love football. Yeah, I mean, shit, we won Euro twenty sixteen. Uh, I don't we know. Definitely weren't the better team on the day. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and that when you look at that roster, it's it definitely wasn't the best team in that tournament, but we made it happen. Yeah. So anything can happen in these tournaments. But Jason, that does it for the Twitter questions. That does it for this show. It was good, man. It was good to just sneak in an episode late in the week. It's Friday night. You know, we got nothing else going on and we pumped out an episode. <laughs> we almost we almost didn't do one this week. You know, I was under the weather all week, but feeling much better today. It's good. I'm, I'm happy we got it out. It feels good to, to get an episode out and being consistent, right? We have to do it for our portices, man. Yeah, we got to do it, man. We got to do it. So gotta do it. thank you all. Uh, for all your participation, all your Twitter questions, whatever it is, you know, we, we absolutely love, uh, all of, all of the followers, all of the, the listeners taking the time out of your day to, to, to chat with us, to listen to our show, to give us your questions and, and whatnot. And we definitely have a project going on and we're hoping to be on YouTube soon and whatever, but we want to get you all involved even more, more than just Twitter questions. Uh, we got a couple of ideas, so stay tuned with that. Uh, but yeah, anyway, you guys know where to follow us on Twitter at FC Portupod ENG on Instagram, Portupod ENG on Facebook, the Porto podcast in English. And if you like the show, hit the five stars, whether it's on iTunes or Spotify, Leave a review if you could. It really helps us grow. And we'll see you all on the next episode.